You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. If you've got questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, financial planning, retirement accounts, you name it. We'll talk about it here on the air. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give me a call. We're going to get to those calls and questions in just a couple minutes. I do want to remind you again, and I'm going to continue reminding you, to get your accounting done before the year is over with. So we're wrapping up November here. We're done. One month left, and now is the time. Don't wait. Don't wait until next year because once the calendar flips over, then you really can't do anything about taxes or anything else. You've got to know what's going on with your business. You've got to know where you stand tax-wise. You need good numbers to plan for next year. So now is the time to do this. Take some time and get away from everything. This is the way I like to do my year-end, whether it's the number crunching or the planning for next year, the goal setting, whatever it might be. I like to just get away. Go someplace you really enjoy being. If, you know, Lisa and I do this together, which I love. If you are working the business with a spouse, then do this together. But set some time and go someplace you like. Maybe it's a nice hotel. Maybe it's a park somewhere, a boat, whatever it might be. Someplace you really enjoy being. Turn off the phone. Don't get on the Internet. Don't do this on your computer. Do it on paper first. Get get things organized. Get your planning done. Do that on paper. Then get to the accounting and get it done. I would really love to see you do it yourself, but if for some reason you just can't or you absolutely don't want to or you hate numbers, get somebody else to do it. Pay somebody to get this done for you now. We, you are running out of time. Now, the, the good news is, is if you do it right now, not only where, will you have a good idea where you stand for taxes, but you'll still have time to do something about it. For example, towards the end of the year, if you've had a really good year and your tax bill looks like it's going to be high, you could start pre-purchasing items you might need in the first quarter of next year, whether it be tires or supplies or a barrel of oil or anything that you know you're going to need next year anyway. Maybe you need tires, but you don't quite need them yet, but you, you know you'll need them in the first quarter. Well, I had a tire dealer who would hold my tires for me. I'd go buy them right now. They'd give me the invoice for this year, and they'd hold on to my tires until I needed them. Then next year when I needed them, they'd put them on. So try to look ahead into the first quarter. But the thing is, if you don't know what your year's been like, you don't want to do this. You don't want to accelerate purchases into this year if your tax bill isn't going to be that bad. But you have to have your accounting done to know. 
it will also allow you to plan for retirement, start putting more money aside in estimated taxes. There's so many advantages to doing this early. The other thing I can tell you is if you run into your accountant any time after March 15th, you're not getting the best service you could get. It's just the nature of the business. I ran that business for over a decade, and you have to cram. When you're a tax preparer, you have to cram a year's worth of work into two months, and it's it's brutal. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how many people you staff up, you still can't give the very best customer service during that period. It just gets too crazy. So you don't want to be going to your tax preparer during those last 30 to 45 days. You want to get in early. And the way to do that is to get your accounting done now. Now, the good news is we have a program to help you do this. In fact, all you have to do is pick up the phone. We will make sure this gets done. We'll give you some options, whether you do it or we do it or we do a little and show you how to do it but we will get this done. We will get you totally caught up to date for this year. Now, if you want to do it yourself, you could get totally caught up to date using our system for just $25. For the whole year, you'll be caught up and ready to go. So don't put this off anymore. It, it, it is crunch time right now. You can go to the website and sign up for our startup program on Profit Gages, or you can give us a call and we will take care of this. We will make sure you get what you need. The number to call us is 855-800-FUEL, 855-800-3835. Let's, uh, let's start off in Tennessee today. Glenn, welcome to the program. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Um, fairly new owner operator, just bought the tractor in September. Uh, been driving for about 30 years. Bought a, what I thought was going to be a, a decent tractor. It's a 2012 Pete with a Cummins. Since I've had it, I've not made a run yet for a full week without check engine lights coming on. Oh boy. Uh, started out the very first run. It came up fuel rail pressure and then it uh, jumped over to injector spills and took it back in. They worked on it and got it back. It did the same thing uh, about two runs after that. Uh, it ended up with incomplete regens. They have put a uh, regulator on it and uh, a few other parts that they've even switched out of another tractor trying to get this resolved. Uh, it has had a clogged face on the filter as well. And I just wondering, I don't know what direction to turn. They, so far, they've been trying to take care of it. I was just wanting your opinion. Wow. So what kind of a dealer did you buy this from? It is from Peterbilt dealer. It is from a Peterbilt dealer. Well, you know, here's the, I mean, my answer for you is going to be the same as it is for everybody else as far as what we need to get to. You need to get out of this truck. And you need to get to a truck okay. without emissions, whether that's an older okay. pre-emission truck, whether it's a new glider, whether it's a, a used glider, if we can find them. So you, you, because, you know, when a truck has problems like this, I don't see it ending. You know, we just see this over and over and over, and it just never seems to end. And it hurts you in so many ways. 
It hurts you because you can't make any revenue while it's in the shop. It's usually right. when they run like this, usually the fuel mileage is no good and your maintenance costs are outrageously high. So, I mean, it's almost impossible to make money with one of these trucks. Um, are, are they even willing to, to take this truck back at all? Has, has that even been talked about yet? It has been, but they were wanting to offer me something close to what I'm in. They didn't have anything pre-emission or it was basically the same truck, same motor, just different year. Yeah, which, you know, you might end up with one better than this, but, you know, we could end up with six other problems that are just different than this one. Um, right. Wow. I, I wish uh, I had a... Back, Go ahead. Since, uh, uh, made the first run the very first of October, and I've been back to the dealership around 13 times with it already because every time I go out, I have to take it back in to make sure there's not a critical uh warning up and one time there was and i had to get in a rental unit boy i've only been running it since october 6th wow 13 times in less than 60 days that is insanity that's the god i i really wish i had a better answer for you um i i think you've got to get out of this truck and i don't know what that's going to take or what it means you know, if worst case scenario, if they'll get you out of this truck into one similar to it, which is what they're talking about, if if they'll do that with no real money out of your pocket, you know, if they uh-huh. can structure the deal, I, I would at least do that. That's not the best answer, but the odds are you're, you're going to get a truck at least better than this one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Ultimately, like I say, I'd love to see you get out of this and get into any kind of a truck without emissions, whether it's an older one, a glider, a right. used glider, whatever. But uh, I, I just don't right. know, uh, you know, whether they're going to work well, with you or not. He heard your show. Yeah, friends said he heard your show and said they were talking about possible cam problems, in frames, and all kind of stuff like that. And I have five hundred thirty-four thousand on this one. Well, the the Cummins since 07 basically has had some real issues with the top end. Uh, we've we've seen so many of them wipe out cams. Cummins has tried to blame this on everybody else, but it it just continues to be their issue. Uh, but but that's so different from what you're experiencing. You're experiencing mostly emission, and it sounds like a lot of DPF related problems. You know, on most ISX, I tell people, make sure you're in that top end looking at it. But not not in this case. I think you just need to figure out how to get out of this truck. Like I say, I wish I had a better answer for you. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're on the Road Dog Sirius XM 146. I'm Kevin Rothman.
welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. We're going to get right back to some phone calls. Let's head off to Arizona. Rusty, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Kevin. Um, I'm trying to get my better fuel economy. I was thinking I'm 8.89 is the 60-day average since I purchased this truck and trailer I've added on the last 15 days. But I'm considering purchasing a uh, trailer tail and hacking it up and putting it on the back of the sleeper here because I pull a flatbed. And I'm also looking for a source to find the aero mud flaps that are for super singles. Any ideas? Uh, well, the, 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 the trailer tail, uh, that, that's an interesting one. The problem there is we have no idea what the results are going to be. Uh, you know, whether it will improve things or not, clearly right behind the cab, you've got an aerodynamic problem. I like the air tabs. Trailer tail could, or something like a trailer tail could possibly work better, but I don't know if it's worth the cost of buying the whole trailer tail, hacking it all up, trying to modify it. I don't know what we're going to end up with. I mean, and we have no idea of knowing. Now, if you're one of those people that loves to experiment and learn things, I do. Uh, I, I could see doing that, but I have no way of knowing what the results are going to be, whether it's going to be an improvement or not, how much work it's going to be. So if you decide to do that, I'd love to hear your results and see what happens. But I don't really have any clear advice on, on what you can expect. Uh, as far as the mud flap, so you mean for the wide singles, you want them to be a little more narrow? Right. Yeah, on the um, the eco flaps, I don't know of anybody that's doing different sizes. I've looked at a couple different styles of the aerodynamic flaps. One kind of looks like a fly swatter. That's kind of a grid pattern. The other one, though, is more like a louver. And the the test that I've seen and some of when you look at the way the air flows through some of these, I think I really like the louver better than the grid. But the grid would actually not be that hard to modify down to the width of a, a wide single yourself. The louver would be a little more difficult. But again, I, I, that's your only option. I don't, I'm not aware of anybody that's making them in a in a more narrow size. I do know people that are trimming them up. And I guess some people might be asking why. What what if you look at the way the mud flap sits on a wide single, it actually sticks outboard of the wheel, and that is catching more air. Granted, it's minor. We'll never be able to measure it, but we do know that if you make an aerodynamic improvement, it will burn less fuel. So there are people who are trimming their mud flaps down so that they're no wider than the wide single. And that would be an aerodynamic improvement, not one that we could measure, but what does it take you 15 or 20 minutes? Let's go to Virginia. Jason, welcome to the program. How you doing, Kevin? Good. What can I help you with today? Um, I just enrolled in uh, healthcare for next year, and I'm having my uh, escort pay for the health insurance for himself. And I was wondering how that's going to affect the taxes uh, for next year, and how should I write it off? Yeah, the um, 
the bad news is that health insurance is deductible, tax deductible, but not as a business expense. It's deductible as a personal expense. Now, they keep going back and forth. In fact, I should probably go look it up again because it changes that often. Every year, they screw around with this. But making the payment through the S-Corp doesn't change anything. Most of the tax laws for an S-Corp are almost identical to what they are for an individual. And and the way they do it is that if you own more than 2% of any corporation, then for a lot of tax deductions, you're treated as an individual. And health insurance is that way. So yeah, you can make it a business expense. You can have the company pay for it. But when it comes right down to it for taxes, you're not going to get any better deduction than you did when you were a sole proprietor. Okay. That's what I needed to know. Yeah, unfortunately. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to do a uh, tax season special. Uh, and before I do, I'll try to dig in. There have been years, though. I can remember a year where they changed the self-employed health insurance deduction and they changed it. I'm not exaggerating here. They changed it on April 14th. April 15th is the deadline for filing taxes. They changed the deduction on April 14th. We had to go back and amend almost every tax return we did because of that. It, it's just crazy. So I, I am getting ready to sit down and, and spend uh, probably two or three days with our accounting firm going through all the tax issues. And I'm going to put together a special tax time show and update everybody on any new rule changes, uh, give you some great ideas and tips on how to get ready for tax season. Make sure you're going to get all your deductions. So uh, look forward to that. Let's uh, let's go to Mississippi. Dennis, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Hey, uh, I'd like to learn about uh, moving uh, uh, materials or products with a sprinter uh, local, uh, maybe like from Nashville to Memphis and back on a daily basis. How do I find out if that market is 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 there? How do I? learn more about uh, uh, Sprinter. Well, do you need to know more about the truck or more about the freight and the business model? The fr- the freight and the business model. Okay. Uh, what uh, Have you looked into the, the different configurations on the Sprinter? I have not. Okay. Uh, I think, I'm not positive, but I think... Uh, cargo capacity on that's like 5,000 pounds towing capacity. Okay. I I could be off, but I'm pretty sure that there, that is the, with the full towing package, the uh, tandem wheels, dual wheels, I think uh, it's about 5,000 pounds. So, and they're not all that big. You're going to be somewhat limited. Uh, no. But it's, it's, it's something that my wife could drive. That's the key there. Okay. We, but I'm not sure if that's a really good reason. I mean, we, we have to look at the business model and see, is this really doable? Is it worth the time and the investment? You know, buying a 
even a used Sprinter right now, I mean, you're probably not going to get anything decent for under 25000 I mean, you can easily okay. spend forty or fifty on one of these. Yeah, and I can go buy a Class 8 tractor for less than what you're going to pay for one of these, and I can haul, you know, 35 times more. So you just have to look at the economics of it. Yes, there are people out there running around with sprinters and they're making money. Uh, there's not a lot of money in this market because the okay. there are no barriers to entry. Like it, you just mentioned it, your wife with no real driving right. experience. Right, my wife could drive it. Yeah, right. with uh, virtually every 16-year-old in the country can drive one. You know, so everybody in the United States with a driver's license is is somewhat qualified to do what you're thinking about doing. And because of that, good point. Yeah. Because of that, it, it makes it difficult to make money, any kind of, you know, real money, because this becomes a commodity. It becomes a race to the bottom because everybody can do it. Now that doesn't mean you couldn't go out and find some good shippers and build some freight and, and actually make a viable business out of this. It could be done. But you have to understand what you're up against. And a lot of people will jump into this and they'll go use a website like Uship. And, you know, if you've ever watched Shipping Wars, I mean, it is just a race to the bottom. Who can haul cheapest? And most of the people hauling really cheap aren't even paying attention to their expenses. And, you know, people come in and out of this business like crazy. So if I were you, if I were even thinking about doing this, I would start looking around to try to find shipper direct freight myself. I, I would not work with brokers. I wouldn't work with companies like you ship. I, I, I would think that you need to have about 75% of your freight needs to come from a direct shipper somewhere. And then you could fill in okay. the other 25% with brokers or load boards like you ship and things like that. But I, I, I can't imagine that, you're really going to be able to do this and make more than about forty-five or fifty thousand a year, and that's going to be a stretch. I mean, you're going to have to do a lot right, right to make that. You know, I know a lot of people running okay. around in these making twenty grand a year. Well, that's more than she's making at the moment. Well, then that's a consideration. I mean, and yeah, yeah. So if if you could work out the numbers where you make twenty or twenty-five, and that's more than she's doing now, and she's interested in it, then. That would certainly be a possibility. I, I would encourage you to start figuring out. I, I would look for a specialty kind of freight, and then I would start talking to shippers, and I would try to set something up direct. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're on the road, dog. Sirius XM 146. I'm Kevin Rothenberg. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let's Truck.com. 
the uh, the number. If you need any help from us, from the Let's Truck team here, we're always here to help. We have lots and lots of resources we can help you with. And you can always find us online at letstruck.com, or you can give us a call as well. And that number is 855-800-FUEL, 855-800-3835. Let's get back to the phone calls. We're off to Pennsylvania. Sean, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Kevin. Um, a couple of months ago, we were discussing whether I should sell the mutual funds I had and put them into cash and wait for a market to drop because I, it ran up so much. Well, the market did drop, but it's back up to where it is now. It's just about topping. Once it breaks that top, I think it goes for a big run. Uh, well, you could be right, and you could be 100% wrong. Uh, and that's the problem with the market. It, it, it can be. There's certainly a lot of indicators that help us. And if you study the market the way you do, you know what the indicators are. They're not foolproof. If they were, we'd have tons of billionaires because if any of this was foolproof, it'd be easy to make money. If we if we knew absolutely which way the market is going, we'd be billionaires. Really. I mean, once you understand yep. trading, you know that. Once you understand trading, yep. if we know that it's going, it, it, this is a no-brainer. So the thing is, it will it will it break through? Uh, the the interesting thing I think about the market over the last six years, uh, you know, since we had the big downturn, is that the market has really done tremendously well, and there doesn't seem to be any real reason why. I mean, the the economy is not doing that great, but the market itself has done fantastic. Are we at the top again, or? Are we ready to make a big run? Boy, I wish I knew. Yeah, I, I think the reason the markets have gone up so much and it hasn't really been spoken about is because it fell so bad. And and I think there's more reason in the market the way it is now compared to what it was in 08 and 09, where there were a lot of market manipulators. I think they're out of the market now at this point. I'm not seeing a lot of hedge funds getting involved. With the oil prices coming down also, I think is going to help the economy at this point also. Yeah, it, it will if that continues. But again, that could all change. Um, you know, I, I think the thing when it comes to the market, and you know this, you've got to have a strategy and you've got to stick to it and be disciplined and, and not let the emotion or the speculation, you know, People will start speculating about lots of things. And, but I think you've got to have a system and you've got to stick to that system. For example, it, it, trading for me, and, and I have my long-term retirement stuff that is exactly what I tell everybody else. It, it's three index mutual funds. I contribute to them every month and I don't care what the market's doing. I contribute when the market's going up. I contribute when the market's going down. I contribute when the market's flat. I just contribute every month and I forget about it. Now, I also have money that I actively trade, but I've got a very disciplined system. I, I will never let a stock drop more than 10%. Every time I buy a stock and every time a stock moves, I put in a stop loss order at 10%. If I gain 40%, the very next day, if I were to lose 11 of that 40, the stock is history. And, and, and I stick to that very disciplined. And that, that is the way to control the losses. Uh, 
I think the trick in the market is not to try to hit all the home runs. I think the trick is control the losses, and then the home runs will happen eventually. I have a financial advisor that I bounce things off of, and when he thinks I'm being irrational, he'll let me do this buying and moving into, and, and selling and putting it in the cash for a while. But if I'm actually doing something differently than what I've been strategizing and I tell him, he says, we're only going to put 5%. I'm not dealing with anything more than that. I won't let you do any more than 5%. Good. And Good. if he likes the idea, then he'll let me do what I want. But I don't make a lot of money with him, but I don't lose any money with him. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was he saying. It's, yeah, myself. control the losses and, and the gains will come. And too many people try to hit that home run. Uh, they're always trying for that big score, and they're not watching the losses. And even if that big score comes, and it will once in a while, if you are continually having losers, uh, it makes it very, very difficult uh, to to really have a good working portfolio. So, like I say, I have a very disciplined strategy to control my losses and then let the gains come as they will. I, I think I mean, this is just my opinion, and, and I, I will tell you that I don't trust my opinion enough to really trade on it. I don't think we're going to see a big run in the market. I think we're going to see some short-term volatility, but it's going to be mostly flat. But I, I could be wrong. That's why I say I, I don't trust myself enough. I won't trade based on that thought. I stick to my strategy the way I designed it. Let's go to Louisiana. JW, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey there. JW here, checking in from Louisiana. Well, great to hear from I'm, you. Hey, I'm ready I, to. I'm ready to. I'm, but, go ahead. Yep. Before you do that, I have to say thanks for the trailer idea the other day. I love that. Well, you should wait and see uh, phase two. I'm I'm going to deploy phase two uh, at any moment here. <laughs> All right. I I I got another million dollar idea. Going to change. Going to change the world in 2016. But we'll talk about that later. All right. Right now, right now, I'm ready to pull. I'm ready to pull the trigger. You you get one more phone call with a with a EGR problem or a or a bad motor problem or one of those. Uh, I'm going to scream because uh, I'm back to the glider, if you know what I'm saying. I'm ready to pull the trigger on the glider. I got uh, a sales manager working on it right now. Going to firm it up. Uh, well, hopefully today I'll, I'll pull the trigger on it. I need to know gear ratio, the final gear ratio in the in the rear end. What should I go with? Uh, what transmission are you going to use? 13-speed uh, single over. And how fast are you going to drive most of the time? Well, it, it varies, and that's that's why I want the 13 speed with a single over. Because sometimes I drive 57, sometimes I drive 60, sometimes I drive 65, and sometimes I drive in Texas. Got it. And I know what that means. All right, so you know, with the with the series 60. We're we're doing two seventy nines now. Are you doing a fourteen liter modified, right? Fourteen liter funny motor. Yeah. So, 
In the 14 liter, I think I would go with the 264s instead of the 279s. 264s. Full, 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 micro, full micro blue treatment. Yeah, of course. And uh, I think that would, that, that 14 liter can run at a lower RPM than the 12.7. You know, 12.7, we like to keep it at about 1,400. The 14 liter will do better at 1,300. So I think the 264s in 12th, because you're going to do a single overdrive, which I love. And then 13th with 264s uh, at 0.85, you'll easily be able to run 75. Is that what that uh, single over is, 0.85? Yeah, 0.838485, depending on the model. But that's not enough of a difference to even notice. Well, they're they're hard to find too. They are hard to find, but I, I love that transmission. That that transmission and the way you're setting it up makes a ton of sense. We get to use every gear eventually. We don't use thirteenth a lot, but you will use it. Uh, and twelfth in direct. It, it's just a really. I think every truck on the road should be set up that way with a thirteen speed single overdrive spec'd to run most of the time in 12th and then 13th becomes a true overdrive gear yeah yeah well that's what we're doing so that's the only other loose end that i need to nail down so like i say i hope to pull the trigger on that either today or friday we'll asap type thing got it well it's i gotta do what you i gotta do what you suggested spend some of that money this year so that's right i'm I'm buying the motor trans both buy the motor the transmission the tires the whole a whole drive line and uh then i'll wait on the glider there you go i think that is a plan and keep me updated and uh can't wait to hear what your plans are for 2016 as well uh i'm looking at the clock and we are going to uh we're going to get to a break And we will be back with more stuff right around the corner. So don't go away. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. If you need any help from us here, the Let's Truck team is always available. And you can reach us at 855-800-FUEL. 855-800-3835. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. We're going to get right back to the phone calls. Let's head off this time to Dallas. James, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. How are you? Doing good. What can I help you with today? Got, uh, Detroit, 12.7. I'm, I'm, I've got pretty close to a million miles now. 
I don't have problems with power or anything, but I do have trouble with oil leaks. Uh, one where the uh, front of the motor by the accessory drive leaks between the, the housing for the accessory drive and the, and the block. And then somewhere on the bottom, it's not the main seal, but could be oil pan, could be something else. And and I'm trying to wrestle with the decision of whether to to just take it to the shop and try to repair the oil leaks or to do an in-frame in or to do a complete overhaul. And I don't have a good idea on the cost of doing any one of those. What uh, What is your oil consumption like? How often do you have to add a gallon? I got a, I'm using about a gallon and a half every 5,000 miles. Ooh, okay. You're ready for an in-frame then. Now, it doesn't have to be this week, doesn't even have to be this month, but it's time to, to f- get it on the schedule. Uh, if you're really slow during Christmas and you could get it done then, that, that might be good timing. If January is traditionally slow for you, you might want to schedule it sometime there. Uh, you could also wait a couple months if you needed to. Uh, but, you know, the, I, I would say at the outside, you've got about six months with this engine and, and I wouldn't want to push it much beyond that, but you've got six months pretty safely. So what I would do is just figure out when you want to get it in, do the in frame and have them fix all the oil leaks while they're at it. Right. When, uh, is the, the, the front part of the accessory drive, that whole area up there, does that come off in an in frame? Is that included in the cost of an in-frame? Yeah, it depends on on um, the level of in-frame you're getting. But, yeah, that can all be taken care of. A lot of that stuff needs to come off. On a 12.7 Detroit, uh, you really want to look at the bull gear. So you're going to be into that uh, front cover anyway. And this is the time, like I say, you're going to be, even if you're not getting down to all the oil leaks, you're going to be a whole lot closer to them now than you're ever going to be. So this would be the time to get them fixed. Let's, uh, let's go to Texas. Sean, welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Kevin. I, uh, have a comment for over your show on Sunday. You had a person asking about modifications of Volvo. Uh, yeah, I think they were looking for some ECM programming. Yeah, um, Steinbauer tuning. That was that's the um, name. That's right. Yep. Thank you. I I could not remember the and name, and I couldn't find it in my notes anywhere either. They help out a lot. I have a few friends of mine in England that run them, and uh, they've picked up you know I, I, anywhere three to four tenths, uh, and seems like they have fewer EGR issues as well. Um, but uh, I would love to own a Volvo. I love everything about a Volvo except for the emissions. That's just the one thing where I can't pull the trigger. You know, I just, I'm just i in love with the truck, but I just don't want to have a $20,000 problem. I know. I, I, I really wish that, that Volvo would put out a glider. That would be amazing. Well, I'm hoping in about three or four years, maybe we'll just get a you know, fourth or fifth generation emissions system out. Like you said before, they'll eventually get it right, and it'll be a thing of the past. But uh, I had a tax question for you. Okay. I, I'm having a uh, – well, I have a bad situation. I made too much money this year. And uh, 
Yeah, that's I am, terrible. Uh, at the point where I think this year I'm going to probably net about $120,000. Nice. And I'm still running a sole proprietorship, so I need to um, switch either to an LLC or an S-Corp, but I need your help to figure out what will be best for me. Uh, well, actually both. What you're going to do is form an LLC and then have, okay. it, have it taxed as an S-Corp. Um, LLCs okay, I'm, uh, don't have their own tax ATBS structure. Me. Oh yeah, and they'll they'll they know this inside and out. They do this for more owner operators than anybody else in the country. They know exactly. They'll look at your tax return, know exactly how you should be structured. But my guess is they're going to set you up as an LLC, taxed as an S corp, and then they'll give you an idea of what you should do as far as salary uh, and paying yourself. Okay, and my second question is, my wife is um, going, she's a stay-at-home mom. I, I, I'm the only income earner, and she will help me out a lot at the house with my taxes and also just miscellaneous items. Is there a way I can put her on salary? Yes, and, and you um, should. And, okay, so I was thinking, I mean, I give her everything I make already. You know, I might as well have her pay taxes on it. Yeah. It, small amount. Right, um, and the reason for putting her putting her on salary is that she starts paying into her own social security account then, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of social security. I wish we could just get rid of it completely, but if it's here, we need to use it to our advantage and getting her on the payroll will get her making her own social security comp- uh, contributions. Okay. And ATPS will help me, you know, set up an account. So cause I get a deposit. I work for a, a large carrier in Springfield, Missouri, and I run decentralized Texas. I do, I, I do dedicated, um, um, pipe work and, uh, you know, so it's, I mean, the money has been very good down here. I've, this year I'm at 225 a mile for all miles growth. Excellent. And next year, I think, uh, we're, we're, we're contracted freight every 10 months. It goes up about 8%, which is awesome. Excellent. So, um, that is. Yeah, those are oh, yeah. those are great, great numbers. You know, it, it, it's interesting because, you know, I've been on the air seven years now, but I've been working with owner operators and taxes and accounting since the early 90s. And there was a time where I could only remember, and I had several thousand clients, I could only remember a handful, less than 10 that were netting, taking home over $100,000. Now, I'll bet I know of at least 50 without even thinking that hard. There really is money to be made with trucks right now. Let's uh, let's go to Iowa. David, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you for taking my phone call, Kevin. Um, I've been a company driver off and on since 98. And since listening to you, I've been thinking about becoming an owner-operator, but I'm 56 years old. Is it too late for me to get into it or not? Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, you know, it wouldn't matter to me if you were 77 years old. If you're still looking, you know, if this is if you're going to be driving a truck, which I'm assuming even if you didn't become an owner-operator, you would continue driving, right? Right. Yeah, so if you're going to be driving a truck, no reason not to own one if that's if that's your goal, if that's what you want to do, if that's your purpose, then age to me really doesn't matter. You know, the thing is, it, and you've heard me many, many times if you've listened to this show, help people get started with that 10 or 15 or $20,000 truck. 
So if we think about that, if you're buying a $15,000 truck, we can pay for that thing literally in six months with cash flow. A year, no question. So at a year, what's your risk anymore? From starting that business, almost nothing. Why not give it a shot? Now, that doesn't mean we should be, you know, lackadaisical or cavalier about it. We should have a plan. We should do this right. We should learn everything we need to learn. We should do our numbers. But there's not that much risk in this. And yeah, at your age, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't. Well, uh, I've been starting to uh, save all my receipts, but not the fuel receipts because I'm a company driver. And I... uh, I got, I've been studying on uh, some stuff, and I ran across a book that uh, that talks about uh, lease purchase booklet, and I've been reading it, and what you're saying is true, but uh, not to go into one. After reading this book that, that I ran across on one uh, uh, a website that I ran across, and what do you happen I, to have the the name of that website uh trucker's report oh okay that's a that's a bulletin board do you know the name of the book or where i could find the book I, i'm always looking for that kind of stuff because there's some stuff out there that's just real garbage then there's some stuff out there that has some fairly good ideas but uh, anything out there i was trying to get my hands on it so do you happen to know where i could find it it's on the trucker's report. Uh, I ran across it by accident. Yeah, the, the trucker's report is a bulletin board site, so like a, a forum site. I'm not sure where I'm going to find it in there. Was it an advertisement or somebody talking about it? Or uh, I could. Uh, I downloaded the. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to put you back on hold. If you could, I'm going to have Lisa pick up. If you could give her, send us a, a link email, or I, I'd like to see it. Maybe I've already read it, but uh, if not, I'd like to see it. I'm all out of time. I've got to get out of here. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you back here next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Do the hard work and master the journey. Good night, everyone. I'm Kevin Ruff.
Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.